Hey, everybody, it's Bevan, and you're listening to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. I'm so excited for you to catch up with me and my friend, Ashley Manta, the canisexual. Uh, But first, a little pre-roll. The best way to support this podcast is to support my Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a membership site that allows creators like me to create awesome content exclusively for supporters of their Patreon. Um, My favorite level, the flagship level, if you will, is working out with me weekly with a live aerobics video. Um, There's always four videos available at a time, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 45 minute and 50 to 60 minute. Um, It is some classic dance aerobics with a lot of stretching involved. It's truly all levels. My biggest influences are Richard Simmons and Miss Piggy, but with lots of body liberation. And, you know, I'll say that mostly it's mindset. I think that's the most potent thing about Fat Kid Dance Party. And I just like really have this available for people who want to lead themselves in their lives. I think Fat Kid Dance Party, just based on the testimonials I've gotten from clients uh, where they've, you know, danced for the first time in public at Fat Kid Dance Party and then went on to dance comfortably at someone's wedding. I've had clients who, you know, discovered trust in their bodies. People who use their bodies a lot for work, dog walkers, massage therapists, things like that, who love Fat Kid Dance Party because it kind of releases something from their bodies. So even though they may be physically tired from work, they actually kind of release and joy up in class. And people who've experienced their gender or their style in a new way from attending Fat Kid Dance Party. So if that is something that feels like it can help you boss up in some way in your life, maybe it's loving your body a little bit more. Maybe it's just connecting to that mind-body-spirit connection that you're kind of frazzled and frayed in regular life and just need some time specifically for you to do a little self-care and glow up. It'll meet you where you're at, um, in a chair, uh, dancing and bopping around. Um, I've even had people who've done Ironman triathlons take my class and love it. So there's a lot available for you. Patreon.com slash FKDP, which stands for Fat Kid Dance Party. Uh, But also you can join at the $5 level if you just find this podcast uh, is adding value to your life. I would love to give you access to my exclusive little thing called Bevan's Bites. It's a podcast of mini episodes. And I do things like meditations and Reiki healings and uh, insights from my own life and my own journey through healing uh, and tools that I found helpful. And so that's all available for you. Patreon.com slash FKDP. And one more thing, if you are interested in doing some Reiki healing with me or life purpose coaching, Uh, You can connect up with me and schedule an appointment. I'm offering those at a distance as well as in person in Port Townsend, Washington at my little clinic. Um, And I'm also teaching Facky Dance Party Live in Seattle. So if you're around the Seattle area, uh, look it up, FackyDanceParty.com. All of that's available in the show notes. And now on with the show. Welcome, Ashley, to the podcast. Hi, Bevin. Welcome back, actually. You're my first guest who's been a repeater, and I'm really excited about it. I am honored to be your first second. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's so many people that I talk to on my podcast who, like, I could talk to for hours and hours and still have amazing, interesting things to share, and you are certainly one of them, so I'm glad to have gotten you um, at this, like, very auspicious time. Like, I'm very excited 
about what 2020 holds in store for Ashley Manta, the canisexual. For folks who have not listened to the last episode with Ashley, which I highly recommend going back in time and looking at that episode and, and listening to our fabulous conversation, starring Winnie the mini bulldog. Um, <laughs> Oh God, I forgot about that. She was all sorts of snarfling throughout that whole episode. <laughs> I am excited to have an episode with no sound effects, I have to say. No animal sound effects, even though we do keep it very real on my podcast. Um, yes, we do. <laughs> but um, so this episode, I want to focus on Ashley and pleasure because she's basically a pleasure activist. Like um, Ashley... If you don't know her, she is world famous for her work uh, synthesizing cannabis education and sex education. She's uh, trademarked the name Canisexual and basically has healed her experiences from trauma and sex by using cannabis mindfully with sex and helps other people do the same and kind of unleash the pleasure within. Is that a good summary? That is a solid summary. The only thing I would amend is I would not say healed past tense. I am healing present tense and I've made incredible strides thanks to using cannabis and plant medicine as an ally. Um, But I'm, I'm one that believes that like the healing work is never really done and it's just a matter of integrating and, and gaining tools and being able to access those tools when you need them. And that is a thing that I've definitely done a lot of work around. Oh, you're so right, actually. Um, healing is a kind of ongoing process because like, we all have stuff that comes up. And the more healing work we do, the more things that are revealed that we need to do more healing on. <laughs> Preach. That's real. Oh, my gosh. Like, After being in therapy pretty much since I've been 16, with maybe a few years gap in there at various points, I'm amazed that I still have lots of things to talk to my therapist about every single time we talk and it's new layers and new facets and and sometimes it's the, sh- it's the same shit and I'm like god damn it I cannot believe I'm still working on this yeah it's really amazing and it's like I think one of the most important pieces of the work is to come to acceptance and love for the work itself and for the fact that like it's okay that stuff comes back up again because every time it comes back up again you're a new version of yourself and mm-hmm. so because you're that new version, you just get a new opportunity to heal and release old shit. And, um, and it's like grief is a spiral and like how, like you may hit like, oh, I'm sad again on this person's birthday. Why do I keep getting sad? But then like, you're at a different point in the circle, even if you're coming back to the same spot. So like, it's just important to recognize that as that stuff comes up, you're still, you're doing great. And, you know, I think you're doing great, Ashley. Thank you. Um, can I ask you a little bit about therapy and like how have you stayed with the same therapist? Do you change therapists? How often have you changed? Have you changed modalities? Uh, I have changed many times, uh, partially because of moving at various points. Like I started when I was 16 and in high school living in Pennsylvania. So I'm definitely not seeing that same person. And then in college, we had therapy through the college, which was great. And I had that the whole way through grad school, but like they would change therapists based on availability and, and things. Um, and then it was really a matter of like health insurance as I would change jobs, the health insurance would change the, what was covered and and who was covered would change. And then when I moved to California, I just straight up couldn't afford therapy for a really long time. And last year I, decided that after it had been the longest stretch that I'd gone without therapy and 
I realized that it was really having a pretty deep impact on my mental health and ability to, to process to not have my own therapist. And so I got on Talkspace. And that was a really, really useful modality for me. Um, but I realized I was still kind of missing the, the, a different kind of support that I wasn't quite getting through that. And so I transitioned out of that and into a therapist that I'm now seeing, uh, still remotely, but we have a different setup and I really like it. And she's been great. She's trauma-informed, uh, queer and kink-aware, poly-aware, and that you know, I need all of those things in a therapist. I, I've, I've gotten very good at finding and picking therapists, which has been great. And then for the last three months, I had a couples therapist in addition to my regular therapist. And that was a game changer. Like I, I'm a sex and relationship coach and I was falling into the pattern of basically being the unlicensed therapist in my relationship. And that's real dangerous. So going to couples therapy really allowed me to step out of that role, see the ways in which that was creating a lot of really problematic patterns in my relationship and, and to let someone else be that person and get to watch how that dynamic played out in a much more healthy way. And that was great. That's awesome. What do you suggest? Cause you said you're great at picking therapists. What would you suggest for like a person who is a therapist curious or needs to get a therapist or whatever? Like what criteria should they look for and how how do you go about finding somebody so it's a little bit tricky for newer folks because you may not know what you need yet i after having this many years of therapy have dialed in very specifically i need to have the following traits in a therapist so as much as possible i would encourage folks to kind of sit with themselves and be like what do i need in a therapist what are the facets of my life that maybe a mainstream traditional therapist may not be able to meet me in if you happen to be queer or poly or kinky. Um, or if you have trauma, that one thing I will say kind of across the board is if you have trauma, I strongly encourage you to see someone who is specifically trauma trained. Um, because while any therapist will be able to help at least a little bit, the ones who understand the nuances of trauma will be much more effective and be able to point you toward uh, different and more nuanced tools to manage and navigate integrating your trauma. And so that's a big one. And so really like my overall advice is order a therapist like you would order a pizza. All of the things that you want and the first session is an interview. Yes, it's an intake for them and they're getting your backstory, but it's also an intake for you where you get to see how do you like their energy? How do you like the way that they approach things? How do you feel in the office? Like what, like really kind of be present with yourself. And if it feels off, find a different one. Like it's really okay to say, no, that doesn't work for me. Something about this is just off. I need to find something else. Cause when, when you a new pair of sneakers and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, this is the one I'm looking for. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love that too, especially about being willing to say no and just next. Um, because I think a lot of people, especially like when you're vulnerable and you're trying something new for the first time, you don't feel empowered enough to say this isn't a good match. Um, mm -hmm. I think people do the same thing in dating. Ha, that's a call out. Um, but <laughs> I think being willing to say next, like I found my current therapist through an app. Um, I used pride counseling to find him. Um, and now we meet elsewhere off, off the app on a different platform. But, um, he, 
like he was the third therapist I tried and I was very ruthless. Like I didn't like the first two people. Uh, I didn't even sit down with them, honestly. Like I just kind of like interacted with them a little bit via text and I was like, nah. Uh, and I just kind of trusted my instinct on it. And um, I think, you know, it's great to find someone who really syncs up with you. Um, I have been doing cognitive behavioral therapy now for a year and that has been super helpful because like, I think I get in my own way a lot and mm -hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy just kind of helps you get more fact-based and less feeling-based. And, um, you know, it's just a good, it's a healthy way to see the world and it builds on all the work I did in Al-Anon for many years, mm -hmm. which I will say, like, if somebody out there is too broke for therapy, um, God bless Obamacare. That's how I started seeing my first therapist a few years ago was from my free Obamacare insurance. Um, but I had gone, I was going to Al-Anon for many years before that. And it was very, it's, it's in many ways, like a form of group therapy for folks who um, have been affected by someone else's drinking. And that really encompasses a lot of people. Um, and so like, if, you know, if you don't have the cash for therapy, I would highly recommend just trying Al-Anon um, to see if it works for you. Um, and also maybe trying a different recovery program if, it, if that seems right. Because like those are donation based and you can pay nothing. So like there is help out there at like multiple levels, you know, if you're able to put in the time. Which I know time, time isn't always available for people either. But you know, when you want to heal, you got to kind of give something uh, to the universe, your time, your money, or both, and your patience. Absolutely. Your self-love. <laughs> All of those things. <laughs> um, but healing can be fun and full of pleasure. Yes, it can. <laughs> uh -huh. As I have learned from Ashley, I'm going to quote you again. It's my favorite thing to quote you is it can be this good. Um, it gets to be this good. You deserve it to be this good. Life can be full of pleasure and enjoyment. Um, and so I wanted to talk to you about like pleasure, just like people's connection to pleasure. What do you think is the biggest barrier for people experiencing pleasure in their lives? I think the biggest barrier is one of two things. One is not prioritizing it, like that you just don't have time for pleasure. You've got so many things to do and, and meals and jobs and, and activities and whatever else, like there's no time for pleasure. So that's one piece. And the other is around shame and I don't deserve pleasure and pleasure is bad or wrong or I'm bad or wrong for wanting it. And <clears throat> so I think those two things combined really impact people's ability to access pleasure and also just kind of feeling generally disconnected from their bodies, <clears throat> whether from stress or from past trauma or present trauma, that it doesn't feel safe to be in your body and feeling pleasure. And so that can be a hindrance to being able to have that kind of embodied, yummy, delicious experience. Yeah, totally. Oh, can relate. Um, <laughs> uh, what kinds of uh, pleasure are your favorites? I have to admit sexual pleasure is really at the top of my list, whether solo or partnered, but I do... Like I masturbate a lot, probably at least every day, roughly. And uh, I do really, really like partnered pleasure and especially pleasure with my partner um, who I see most often, my lover B, who uh, many have heard about, the infamous B. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I joke with him sometimes when we have date nights and he's like, oh, so do you want to go see a movie? And I'm like, no, I'd rather be fucking. That's just... 
that's if I'm getting to spend time with you, which is always finite because we're non-monogamous and and both pretty busy, that is how I choose to spend that time with you. And it's just it doesn't have to be penetrative sex and it sometimes is, but a lot of times isn't. Last night for instance, we spent at least 20 or 30 minutes of him just giving me a really thorough uh great and and it's funny because it cut out when you said a really thorough a really thorough what pussy massage (laughs) oh pussy massage great i'm glad that i i made sure we recorded that okay yes yeah pussy massage thorough pussy massage (laughs) because when i'm with you know your average like cis het dude that you meet off of tinder i find a lot of kind of sloppy um furious finger banging that like it's like they're trying to jackhammer you and and there's there's just no subtlety are they even doing it in the right direction like towards the g-spot well everybody's g-spot is different and and that's the thing that's what i actually find is the biggest issue is they think that it's either you want to get in as deep as possible or you want to nail the g-spot and i I'm a big proponent of assume that every person you're with is a blank canvas and don't try to use things that have worked on other people in the past. Like check in with them and be like, what do you like? Would you be willing to masturbate in front of me so I can see how you like to be touched? Let's try different techniques and see what works best for you. As opposed to this kind of one trick pony approach that I see with a lot of, of, you know, cishet guys specifically when I'm out in the dating world. And I am, I am a queer equal opportunity slut for sure, but I tend to most frequently play with cishet dudes. And it's disappointing because queer folks are just so much better with their hands, like across the board. (laughs) There's just, there's so much more nuance because hand sex isn't a stop along the way to penetrative sex with a penis. It's Mm -hmm. sometimes the only kind of sex and so there's a lot more to it and it, there's a lot more complexity and and playfulness and exploration than I find with people who are just like oh yeah I'm just gonna stick my fingers in you and like jam them around a little bit and that works right you, did that get you off why didn't you squirt yet <laughs> like, so I so appreciate B's willingness to just be so thorough with his pussy massaging and we'll try different things like he'll he'll hit parts of my pelvic floor and like put some pressure on them and say how does that feel and I'll be like oh you know what that spot's actually a little tender and like we'll breathe into that spot or I'll be like hey I want you to to try to hit this spot that's like right behind my cervix on the front side on the anterior wall and and he'll do it and like so we're communicating the whole time of like oh let's see what happens if you do this and like oh i like that and oh can you feel the back of my my clitoral shaft here let me like press on it from the front so we can like kind of touch our fingers together like it's a very dynamic process and and i love that and it's something that i don't experience with a ton of people which is why i teach classes because i want more people to have those experiences and yeah, sexual pleasure is is definitely my top. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's totally on brand for you. <laughs> are there other forms of pleasure that you enjoy? There are many. I love the pleasure of petting a cat. Mm. I love the pleasure of walking out of my house, walking half a block and seeing the ocean. 
and just feeling the sun on my face. And I love dancing to a song that makes my hips swivel. I love, like there's, you can really find pleasure in everything. And that's a thing that I have learned from um, Jaya and my friend Lauren Marie Fleming um, and my friend Katrina Marie, like people who are really about that pleasure life. And I love just being able to take pleasure and finding pleasure in the simple things. The, a perfect bite when the food just melts over your tongue and your taste buds explode in, in an array of flavors, that's really pleasurable. Or the pleasure of a nap. Mm. Gosh, naps are great. I love soft things and curling up and being cozy. So there's so many ways that you can find pleasure if you look for it. But so often we get caught up in the day-to-day -day hustle that we forget to take time to be like, what would make my body feel really good right now? Maybe not sexually, maybe just generally. Yeah, totally. I think that's good. I wanted to ask you about that just because I think people miss out on day-to-day -day pleasure experiences. Like I... I find pleasure like with my head feeling the sun on like a day when it's like peeking through the clouds, you know, like little things where you just have these like micro sensory experiences where you just drop into the moment. And it's like almost a meditation of experience because it's hard to experience pleasure. if You're stuck in the past or worried about the future. And Absolutely. yeah. So it's like about like that pleasure life. Totally. Like really just like you deserve pleasure I think we're taught that we don't get to, we don't get to have a fun life. We're taught that things have to be hard in order to be worthwhile, which is a lie. Um, things don't have to be hard for it to, for us to be worth it. Like, it, I mean, it, the, the convex of that is that actually you do kind of have to hustle and put in hard work to get the things in life that you need. Like healing work is a hustle, but the more healing work you do, the more access to pleasure you have because that's what releases you from that past focus. Absolutely. And, and one of the meditations that I try to, to say to myself on a regular basis is it's okay for things to be easy. Mm. It's really okay for things to be easy. And so often they're not, but when they are to be able to just take that as like, Hey, thanks universe. I appreciate the, you know, that you were conspiring in my favor on this one and, and the, that everything worked out and I don't have to be constantly like waiting for the other shoe to drop and, and feeling like it's going to all come crashing down on my head at some point to just really be grateful and, and to, because Brene Brown talks about that, that the gratitude is the really useful antidote to what she calls foreboding joy. Mm. which is feeling as though everything's so good. What's going to happen that's bad. And I find that happening in my own life when things really are going really well and, and I'm happy in my relationship and, and my professional life is going well. I suddenly get very afraid that I'm going to die out of nowhere. I suddenly like do not want to leave my house because what if I get in a car accident? What if I get shot? What if I get, what, what if, what if, what if? And, and it's fascinating the way that your brain is suddenly just clinging on with all like five, 10 figures, just grr, gripping. Yeah. I used so, to really react to foreboding joy with like needing to control the circumstances. Like I needed to control and make sure that everything stayed the same so that I could stay happy. That's not really mm -hmm. how life works. <laughs> it's not how life works. 
only thing that stays the same is change. Absolutely. And like, you can lose everything, which I have multiple times, like, and you're going to be okay. And like, and even like the past knowledge of you're going to be okay doesn't always help me in the moment, but it does give me a building block of wisdom, which, you know, at least we have. As my therapist reminds me on a very regular basis, you have survived every single worst day of your life. Mm, Totally true. Totally true. And like, you know, and you just get to keep moving and growing and things get to be better. That's the thing too, is like as bad and hard as things get, the more my heart has expanded for joy. Absolutely. And little things are more joyful now than ever before. And um, just like a cup of tea, you know what I mean? It's like the kind of thing that you like routinely, I do it every day. I have a cup every day, but like, I really enjoy it. And I work hard to really enjoy it every day because I get to have it. And so that's beautiful. I love looking for reasons to be grateful. And instead of feeling as though you're not getting enough or being in a very scarcity mentality of, okay, this is fine. Like, okay, I don't mind that this is happening or this is great that it's happening, but kind of moving along. Whereas you can really be present with, wow, I'm noticing all of the ways that this is coming together and I'm grateful for each of them and I'm paying attention to them instead of just moving through my day because nothing bad happens. So nothing's like, a red flag in front of me making me stop. So I'm just going to keep going and going and going. Like encouraging yourself to slow down and say, wow, I'm going to look around and see all of the ways that things are going my way right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good like question to ask yourself when you're spinning out is a good journal prompt. What are the, I mean, you could just do this in your head while you're driving instead of spinning out. What are the ways that things Mm -hmm. are going well? But also it's a good journal prompt. I've been really into, I think anytime I've made the most accelerated growth in my life, it's when I'm willing to face myself on a journal page. And there's, there's been almost full years where I haven't written anything in a journal um, because like, I think I wasn't willing to face myself or like just, I had this strong resistance to it. And like, you know, once I'm, I just think like pen to paper, it's not typing, it's pen to paper. That's the, the way you connect to spirit when, when you're, when you're working some shit out you know? That is a growth edge for me. I used to be really into journaling. I had a live journal and I had a paper journal for a long time. And it's funny. I opened up a a live journal because I, my hand gets tired after a while. So, and actually not very long really. So I find writing in journals to be a little bit challenging, but even just online, I'll open up a blank page and then I suddenly get very self-conscious and I don't want to write in it. And I have not written a journal entry in months and months and months. And it happens maybe once a year. Mm. And I want to, because everyone I know who journals swears by it. And I know cognitively that it is a great way to like be in touch with yourself and have that inner dialogue and also be connecting with the universe. And for some reason I have some resistance to it, which is all the more reason why I need to be doing it. Right. (laughs) A hundred percent. I've been taking David Sedaris's masterclass and he talks Mm -hmm. about, um, cause I want to learn how, I want to get funnier again. I think I've, I'm probably still funny and just, but I, I know how funny I can be. Um, so I was just like, oh, let me take his storytelling class on masterclass. Um, cause Mm -hmm. my mom has an account and she feels great about sharing with me so we can both learn how to be better. And, uh, and he diaries every day. And so I'm like, okay, let me just like start like, and so I haven't gotten to the point where I'm diarying every day. I'm still using my journaling for growth work. So I do a weekly meeting with myself every week to just check in on 
the area. Like basically I set, this is how I'm doing my weekly meeting. I set a big goal for my life. This is who I want to be and how I want to be. These are the values I'm living by. And this is who I want to be. So what are the three elements that really like nail that? And then I check in with myself on those three elements um, every week. And so it's, uh, it's still too tender of a, a goal for me to tell the whole world about it. But I will say like, it, I'm glad that I'm tracking and checking in on myself and it is helping me actually um, have the strength to battle or my, the intense depression I've been experiencing. <laughs> Cause like it forces me to really grapple with like, how am I treating myself? Um, Cause part of, my ideal version of myself in the world is not treating myself the way I do when I'm depressed. That's such a powerful exercise. And I'm really happy that you're doing that. And I love how consciously you really prioritize self-care and personal growth. It's, it's really quite inspiring because that is a thing that I would like to be doing more in my life. And so you are very much a model to me in, in how to do that uh, more efficiently and mindfully. Oh, I love that. And also you reflect to me, I think often the best version of myself, like I have been doing through like my experience of moving up to the forest. I've been doing every day on Instagram stories. Um, I started with 30 days of appreciation inspired by you because you started doing or 30 days of gratitude. you started that in, in November. And yes. so I jumped on that train November one and then um, just kind of did 30 days of gratitude. And then in December, I did 31 days of celebration because that was the thing I'd been wanting to do the most in tw in 2019. And they're just, every blow from that year was hard. So I didn't feel celebratory most of that year. So like having a daily celebration where I could just be in that feeling tone. And then January, I did 31 days of appreciation. And like, and it's kind of helpful to do for me, performative things on IG stories, Instagram stories, which is my favorite way of sharing about my life. It's like a little diary on a video. Um, but like doing that every day and just kind of like modeling for other people who might want to do something similar, you know, like I like this month of like appreciating, like being in that feeling tone versus gratitude, which is a different feeling tone. Um, and like, just like kind of connecting to like, what does that feel like? And like, what am I doing every day that I can like drop into? So that was all inspired by you, but it has had quite a profound effect on my life. I am so grateful to hear that. And also very impressed because the truth is I'm going to tell on myself right now. I did that 30 days of gratitude in November, but I made it about 12 days in and then dropped the ball. I have never successfully completed a daily activity for a month in my life ever. It's, it's something that I'm working on. It's a growth edge. I am, I know historically I have been very bad with creating good habits for myself and like being really like, I'm lucky that I remember to like brush my teeth and take vitamins every day. Like it's, it's just one of my executive dysfunction features and, and also kind of getting square with like, oh yeah, I, I definitely have ADHD and oh, okay, this is good to know about myself. And, and so being gentle with myself and understanding that, that, Perfection is not the goal. It's yeah. progress, not perfection, right? But it is it is inspiring to see you do it and be consistent because it shows me that it is possible. Yeah. And I'll say like, I missed one day of 30 days of gratitude. Um, and I told on myself and I got right back on the, the bandwagon the next day because, and it's not telling on myself in a bad way. It's just modeling to people. Every day is a new year. Every day is a new chance to be better and just like choose to do something better, to be better, to level up in your life because you deserve it and you deserve to show up your, for yourself in that way. And also, Ashley, just to, to edify you a little bit, you masturbate every day. 
Like that's commitment and consistency. <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, pleasure is like one of your core values. So you're really living up to your values. <laughs> that is true. Maybe I should start doing a thing on IG stories where like I record my face when I'm orgasming every day when I'm... <laughs> Absolutely, you should do that. Follow Canisexual on Instagram. Let's get you at, what are you at? Are you at 13K now? I am at 12.3 on Instagram. Okay, I'm so proud of you. I love watching people blow up and just like, because I started following Lizzo when she was at like 25,000K. Holy shit. Yeah, and like now she's at, I, I love to check what her numbers are because now she's at like 7 point whatever million. But like, so amazing. And I remember when she like shot up to 100K. I remember when Cardi B posted about her for the first time and she hit over a million from that post. Like Cardi B is so generous too. Like she's really good at like amplifying uh, up and coming artists. And like, and I followed Cardi B before she hit a million also. And like, That's she's awesome. A- so I can't wait to be like, I started following Ashley Manta when she was at, I don't know what you were at, but I know it was before 10. I was under 10 K when you and I met for sure. And like, and, but growing consistently growing. And also congratulations on being sexpert of the year from the, was it the XBN some big porn award? The XBiz awards. Yes. Yes. Uh, it, it was a completely unexpected surprise and (laughs) here we go this is your your audience is the first to hear this story publicly I've told a few people so this is a story about how imposter syndrome can get in your way because I was nominated for sexpert of the year this year and also the two years prior and so obviously I didn't win the first two years and so for some reason and I don't know why I got it in my head that I'm just not going to win this year. And so I, through a series of unfortunate events, I didn't have time to do the award show the way that I wanted to to do it. I didn't get my makeup done. I had my hair done, but it was kind of rushed. And I liked my dress, but I wasn't crazy about my dress. Like it, it felt like I was phoning it in a little bit just based on circumstances, not because I didn't care. I was certainly very honored to be nominated and I was thrilled to be there and so grateful. But I went and B came with me as my escort and we walked the red carpet and we had a great time and they were running late because that's porn time. That's just a real thing. And so when we finally got into the award show main stage area, when people were sitting down at the tables to actually do the thing, because the the red carpet took an hour and a half longer than it was supposed to. So we started the award show an hour and a half late. It was already almost 10, 9.30 or 10 by the time we actually began the show. And I looked at the listing of the awards that were going to be read out on stage and the sex word of the year was the very last one. Wow. Not even like porn of the year award or whatever. No, I was shocked that they were saving it till the very end. And so I wasn't feeling great. I was sort of anxious and off and I was so convinced I wasn't going to win. I looked at B and I said, let's go. I don't, I don't want to stay. I don't want to, I don't want to be here for this anymore. I'm just, I can't, I can't even, I'm, I'm not feeling good. I'm, I'm off. I'm weird. I just need to be somewhere else. Let's go home. And so I texted my publicist to tell her that I was leaving and she said, are you sure? I really think you should stay. What if this is the year that you win? And literally I texted her, there is no fucking way I'm going to win this award. <laughs> so we left. 
<laughs> she called me as we were almost home because I live in Long Beach and that was about an hour from the venue. And she texts, she calls me and she goes, they just called your name. You fucking won. And I'm like, the first words I said to her were no fucking way. Oh my God. <laughs> So I went home, promptly burst into tears that I had left, not having any concept that I was going to win, and and then feeling all of this shame, like, I did it wrong. Oh my God, this was my chance. I finally won and I left. What the fuck is wrong with me? And, and just like being awful to myself. And B, bless him, bless his whole heart. He, he goes, okay, stand right here. And he had me stand in the living room and he played applause on his phone and handed me a shampoo bottle. And he said, congratulations, sex part of the year. Now give your acceptance speech. <laughs> and so I gave my acceptance speech in my living room and that was really lovely, but I was messed up about it for a good 24 hours of just all the shame and the imposter syndrome and the, I've ruined this and all this stuff. So, <laughs> so all of that is to say, believe in yourself, give permission to be surprised, let, you know, believe that the universe is conspiring in your favor and that good things can happen to you because you can potentially rob yourself of great experiences just by doubting that you could have a great experience. Oh my God. So wise, Ashley. So wise. Oh, and what an honor too, to like get to be sex part of the year, like cruising on like between sex and cannabis where like every it's like the no man's land i was so shocked i the other nominees half of them were mentors of mine and i just i did the mental math and thought about it and there in my brain there was no way that i was gonna beat out all of the other people in that category because they're all so amazing and so i'm so grateful and so honored and xbiz is just from putting me on the magazine cover last year to now having sex bird of the year. I'm so, so fucking grateful for all the ways that they've been <clears throat> supportive of me and accepting of me and, and my unconventional career. It's, it's really amazing. Uh, well, I'm really excited that you won this year because I've been watching you the last couple years um, get all dolled up and go and be excited about being nominated because being nominated is also an honor. Absolutely right? is. You know, and like, um, I was watching this, uh, one of John Mayer's, uh, he has a little talk show on his Instagram TV, and like he was talking about how Grammy season is great because the Grammys aren't until after Christmas, but they nominate before Christmas. So you go home, and the deal is everyone wins because they're nominated. It gives you something to talk about with your family, and then by the sure. time the awards show happens, you're not around anyone, so it doesn't matter. And like as soon as people win, it's over. Like and so right? like, the win is really the nomination and getting to be a nominee for a season, and you really milked that like for three years. So I know. did. It felt really good, and and there's a solid chance that I could get nominated again next year because they do nominate people who have won in the past uh, I don't believe that they will give another past winner another award and I don't at this point one is plenty I'm not expecting to win every year or something ridiculous <laughs> like that um so I, I'm so grateful for the for the recognition I was an honor to be nominated and I, I definitely did feel so excited and proud and and it's been neat to do that for three years in a row and and to really get the recognition in the field in the industry and to have other people, you know, now I get to say award-winning sex coach for the rest of my career, which is pretty cool. 
I can't wait until you can say multi-award winning and have a whole fucking heavy ass shelf of awards behind you. Oh, I can't wait to get my hands on the trophy. That's that's the my one of my biggest regrets is that I have to wait and have them send me the trophy because I they redesigned it this year. I remember when I lost last year thinking, you know what, it's okay. It would be really cool to win in 2020 and and like there's just something about the numbers. And then I heard that they were redesigning the trophies this year for the new decade. And and I think that was part of what made me so in my head about it, because I thought, oh my gosh, like that would be such a pinnacle moment. There's no way that's going to happen to me. That that can't happen. I'm not that good. I'm not that. Nobody knows who I am. People don't care what I'm doing. And clearly I was incorrect. And I let those voices in my head stand in my way. So I am grateful for this, having now this story to tell, because I can say, hey, it happened to me. I, whatever you think of me and, and how successful I am and how confident I appear on the internet, this happened. So don't let social media trick you into thinking that everybody who seems successful has it all together because I'm a fucking basket case a lot of the time. Uh Absolutely. Uh, Full, full agree, full reflection, fully true for me. Um, And also I'm glad that you're so willing to tell your mess because your mess is your message. And like, I love that you've always been a person who's kind of, you know, pretty transparent on the internet. Like, I don't think I don't see you as a highlight reel sort of Instagrammer. And I think that's the wave of the future is connecting to people on social media who have the life you want and have the confidence you want. And like, who are also very real with you about, um, cause it's not like you just suddenly love your body or get self-confident and then poof, the whole world is easy. No, actually, ironically, it kind of gets harder. Cause like the universe is like, Oh, you can handle more, huh? Like, I can't wait to see this next season of my life because I have gone through it and I always, like, it's just cyclical. It comes in waves. Life is going to life at you no matter what. And you can learn how to like, just be the best version of yourself and just keep leveling up so that you can keep like having a bigger and more robust life, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, live the dream. Uh, (laughs) uh, Ashley, this past year, 2019, you became a licensed body sex facilitator, right? Is that, is that what you would call Certified. it? Yes. Certified body sex facilitator. And so for those of you who have never heard of a body sex workshop um, created by Betty Dodson, um, you can now tune into Netflix. Episode three of Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop Lab is mm-hmm. all about this type of workshop. Lengthy interview with Betty Dodson, who teaches Gwyneth Paltrow to use the word vulva for her genitalia versus vagina, which is just the birth canal. So <laughs> I am, so I'm excited for people to have a vision because I didn't really understand what body sex uh, provider was when you were doing it. I was like, oh, okay. But now having seen the show and seen a bunch of naked people sitting in a circle uh, looking at their vulvas and like learning how to masturbate with Betty Dodson, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what Ashley does now. So tell us, what is a body sex workshop? What happens? Body sex is such an incredible healing experience for people with vulvas to learn how to love their vulvas, how to find pleasure in their bodies, um, how to find new ways of approaching masturbation because so frequently we masturbate silently and quickly. And one of the kind of highlights of body sex that Betty teaches is 
slowing down and really taking your time. And she devotes an hour of the retreat to what she calls erotic recess, which is everyone just lying on their back with a vibrator and a penetrative toy, if you so choose, and masturbating for an hour. And honestly, the first time I went to a body sex retreat, uh, which was hosted by my friend Katrina Marie, I had never masturbated for an hour. Not not for an hour. Maybe I would say 15, 20 minutes is my max. I can get myself off in less than five minutes. I know all the buttons to push. And typically it's just a, I want to feel that release and then I'm going to go on with my day. And and sometimes I'll stretch it out and do kind of a sex magic ritual or some energetic work with it. And that takes a little bit longer, but an hour was a lot. And, and it was so cool because you start to find all of these subtle nuances and, well, what happens if I do a little bit more of this? What happens if I get really close and then back off and then get really close and then back off and, and do that edging situation? And I came so much harder than I have ever come before. And I loved the, the energy of the room of a lot of other vulva owners who all the circles that I've been in, people are also women identified. So all the women in the circle feeling just empowered and, and seeing the different noises and the ways that different people have their legs. And, and I've seen people sitting up with a vibrator between their feet holding the base of it, like pressing the wand into their clits. I've seen people on their stomachs, on their backs, on their sides. And it was so cool to, to just see the different styles and then be like, oh, well, I wonder what would happen if I tried that way. And so body sex, Betty is an old school feminist. She's iconic. She is 90 years old, if you're not familiar with her. And back in the late 60s and early 70s, she was a contemporary of Gloria Steinem and they were doing these feminist consciousness raising circles. And Betty was the first one to say, hey, you know, it's great that we're doing this with our brains and, and fighting the patriarchy, but, but what if we could fuck the patriarchy? What, what about our bodies? What about our pleasure? Why aren't we talking about that? And she's a classically trained artist. And so she realized that a lot of uh, vulva owners have very skewed perceptions of their bodies because they base it on what they see. You know, back then it was in magazines and, and these days it's in porn. And she even in the show talks about herself thinking that she was deformed because she had uh, long inner labia, which is very common, but that, that was not the model that was given to her. And so she had a very lovely, educated lover who showed her anatomy diagrams and, and she saw vulvas that looked like hers. And she realized that there was a lot to be gained by allowing vulva owners to connect with each other and to see each other and to celebrate each other because how often in our lives does somebody tell you what an incredibly beautiful vulva you have? Maybe if you have a particularly awesome partner, but maybe not, they might not even think to, to compliment you that way. And it's certainly not a message that we receive from our peers. It, it's only ever sexual partners. And so the idea of having someone say, okay, here's your clit. Did you know the clit has legs? Here's where the shaft is. Here's where the legs go. Here's all your, your pleasure zones. And, and here are different ways of, of finding pleasure in your body. And wow, what a beautiful pussy you have. That doesn't happen. And so Betty created that space and was hosting these, these circles in her apartment in New York City, which I have actually visited. Oh my God, the energy in that apartment is next level. It's, 
it's she's had the same apartment since 1963, wow. which is mind blowing to think because she's in Manhattan, like catty corner to to the um, the Empire State Building, and so she's in a really lovely part of Manhattan, and she has a rent controlled apartment, and it's beautiful and it's huge, and and you can just feel all of the years and years of pleasure that have taken place in this space. And so I was so thrilled to be able to spend time with Betty over the summer and Carlin, who is her protege, and 50 other women who came in from all over the world to learn how to be body sex facilitators and to celebrate Betty's birthday. And we all stood around buzzing off naked, dancing to It's Raining Men. And it was the coolest most unifying experience. And it's funny when I tell people about body sex, sometimes I get the the cringe, the, you know, much like Gwyneth Paltrow's reaction, oh, I couldn't be naked in a room of other women. Like that sounds terrible. And my response to that, I feel so much empathy, but also sadness because why isn't that normal? Why isn't it okay for friends to be naked with each other in a, a non-sexually interactive space? in, you know, sexually adjacent, but not sexually interactive. And, and to celebrate each other's bodies and pleasures and, and to say, you're beautiful, all of you, including your pussy. And that doesn't have to mean I want to sleep with you. And so I want to create more space for that. So I am actually hosting my, my first body sex retreat of 2020 at the end of February in Long Beach in my apartment. It's going to be a small circle because my apartment is not very big, but I'm so excited to start to do that more. And I'm actually going to try to do one in Amsterdam in April. Whoa. So if you want to go do body sex in Europe in, in the sex and drug capital of the world, hit me up because I think that would just be incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. I can't wait to see all oh, the places you'll go bringing body sex into the world. I'm excited that you're doing this work and taking, and also like adding your special sauce to it. Cause like, I think cannabis plus sexuality really does open up a world of healing for folks and, you know. So much. Foria has really been a game changer for me, which is the THC or CBD infused oil that you put directly on the vulva to increase pleasure and, and decrease discomfort. That made all the difference in the world. That's why canisexual happened because it allowed me to have penetrative sex without pain for the first time in my adult life. And so... I'm a huge proponent of using cannabis as a sexual healing modality, as an enhancer, and as something to really help you find pleasure in new and different ways. Oh, I love that. I also, in that episode too with Betty Dotson and Gwyneth Paltrow, she was talking about, like Gwyneth was saying specifically, she's like, just a couple times a year, women need to just go off and be by themselves together. And fully mm -hmm. agree. Like, um, you were the one that introduced me to the Glowing Goddess Getaway, which is my, you know current yes. fave incarnation of getting to go create space for women to go be together. But like, it's, you know, just finding a space, like even if you just get your friends together and just go to a, a day spa together where you're naked together and just do self care and be naked and learn how to be naked in those environments. Like that's a game changer. Cause then you really see body diversity because yes, it's, it's such a, it, I grew up never seeing a naked woman whose body looked like mine. And that mm -hmm. was a big source of shame. Um, cause I just didn't look like naked playboy models, which is pretty much the only naked you see. And now thank God it's 2020. There's so much more nudity in even that episode of goop, uh, the goop lab, they show a lot of vulvas on TV. Uh, I guess it's not TV, it's Netflix, but whatever. It's still like, even better. More people watch Netflix, I would say than TV. And I was so 
overjoyed by how they handled that episode. And I was a little nervous because I'm not a huge fan of Goop. I think that they do have some problematic stuff. But I really was impressed with how they structured that episode, the deference that they showed to Betty, that they didn't try to sensationalize, that they really represented her well, and that they had the courage to show vulvas on their show. That's huge. And and to show different sizes and shapes. And, and I know that Betty and Carlin were the responsible for finding those vulvas for them, but they showed them. And then they showed Carlin having an orgasm, which was also incredible. I'm just so grateful that they were willing to be edgy and and to to expand what was possible for Netflix and and hopefully you know a lot of people have been hating on the Goop series but many even though the haters have said Betty was the best part of that series and so I would love nothing more than for Betty to have her own series on Netflix after this Absolutely I mean I'm also like you know everybody has their awesomeness and their their drawbacks but you know i'm glad that gwyneth paltrow is using her celebrity platform to help advance healing for people like because even even one vulva owner seeing that episode and feeling more access to their pleasure is a huge win and what an amazing way that gwyneth has used her platform to create uh an impact on the world yeah choosing betty as their their main expert for that episode, I think was absolutely the right choice. And I was very impressed with, with Gwyneth Paltrow and the entire group team for making that call because they could have gone with somebody who was much more mainstream kind of Cosmo style who would say all the buzzwords and who would be, you know, the very Jade egg style (laughs) person. I'm not a fan of Jade eggs. Not that I don't like pelvic floor exercises. I think that's great. I actually just have an issue with the material itself. If you want to use that, I would encourage folks to do silicone or or stainless steel eggs rather than eggs made out of porous crystals because I am a crystal toting hippie all day long. But if you believe in crystals and, and the magic of crystals, then you have to believe that you don't need to have it inside of you to work, that you could put it on your abdomen and it would do the same goddamn thing for all of your reproductive organs (laughs) and if you want to like do the yoni egg exercises you can you know just use something that's non-porous and can be exactly uh, sanitized sanitize Uh be able to clean it that's really important because otherwise you will give yourself infections yeah so you know and you when you're healing it's better to not have a yeast infection (laughs) really good to not have a yeast infection you know i just I'm all about vulvas and pelvic floor health and, and all of that. I just want people to, to use good materials. Oh, that's awesome. And also, in addition to your body sex workshops, you also offer coaching. So if anybody out there needs or wants sex and relationship coaching, that's you. I do. I offer premium coaching, which I'm very excited about. I have a couple more spots for new clients right now. And if... Premium coaching isn't in your budget, which I understand. I have online courses and I have my own podcast because I do want to make my content accessible to folks, but I also need to be able to pay my bills. So my podcast is very much just my gift to the world, uh, much like yours is. You get to share these amazing stories and and chat with, with your friends and experts, which is amazing. And I also have my online courses through elevatedintimacy.com which is the Elevated Intimacy Academy. And I have a dirty talk class coming out. And 
I'm so excited to help people feel more comfortable sharing their desires, asking for what they want, giving feedback in real time, and doing it in a way that sounds sexy. And I've actually been working through my own program just to make sure that it it works the way that I think it's going to because I've always been the recipient of Dirty Talk and I'm a big fan, but my partner is learning how to receive dirty talk from me. And so I'm trying to dial in what works for him. And I was a phone sex operator, so I'm down for whatever. But we actually went through a yes, no, maybe list, which is exactly what I suggest to people in my, in my course. And it was neat to, to do it in real time with somebody who wasn't me and to see, okay, this is where it got, like, this, this is where the hitches were. This is what really worked. These are some of the languaging and, and how to do it better and make it more dynamic. And so I'm excited to share that with the world. That will be launching very soon. So check out elevatedintimacy.com if you want my dirty talk course. Yeah. And also, do you still have your hand sex course available? That is not available for purchase presently, but it will be uh, making it for sale all the time doesn't create the kind of marketing scarcity that I need to actually get people to purchase it. So we're going to, we're going to do a little bit more internet marketing theory and, and do launches throughout the year. So it'll be available a couple times a year. And I suspect the next time was going to be around my birthday, mm. but for now around Valentine's day will be the, the dirty talk. That's great. And your birthday, just so everyone knows is uh, right. Uh, is April 21st. It's okay. the day after 420. Cause of course it is. Of course it is. Of course. It, I was thinking it was April 13th, but you're right. It's April 21st. Oh, I'm the biggest Taurus ever. Yeah. I am the Taurusest <laughs> Taurus. I mean, you still have a little fire, like, you know, a little bit of that Aries cusp, you know, but yeah. I have a little bit of Aries, but I'm, I'm a double Taurus. My, my son is in Taurus and my Venus is also in Taurus. So I am all about that pleasure life. Yes, you are. Absolutely. Because uh, Taurus is like a sign of like pleasure and home and like, you know. Luxury, decadence. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I love a Taurus, babe. Um, okay. And I also am just curious, like if somebody out there wants to experience pleasure, um, and just kind of practice it. Uh, what is something that you would have them do like a little mini exercise? One exercise that I really like to do is just set a timer on your phone for an amount of time, depending on how much you have five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 to 20 is, is ideal, but let's just say 10, you can find 10 minutes in your day and have a space where you can be alone Put on some music that makes you feel sexy, maybe light some incense, get naked, and just touch your body in ways that feel good. And it doesn't have to be with the goal of orgasm. In fact, I would encourage you to not have that be the goal because that tends to be distracting. But touch, touch with your fingertips, touch with the backs of your hands, touch with your forearms, like use different parts of your body to touch other parts and just see what feels good. Notice, notice what happens if you stroke your nipples, but notice what happens if you stroke under your arms or in your elbow or behind your knee. And just it's called pleasure mapping. And basically the idea is to go on a treasure hunt for all of the areas of your body that respond in a yummy way to touch and just notice. And if you want to take notes, if you're somebody like me who has a terrible memory, write it down. If not, just take mental notes and, and do that periodically just to really feel into your body. Cause then you can share that information with a partner. 
Yeah. But it doesn't even have to be about a partner. It can just be knowing your own body. Oh, absolutely. Writing the manual of your body. Writing the manual of your body. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually in the process of, of coming up with a, what I'm calling like an operator's manual uh, that people can make for themselves of both physical, emotional, energetic, sexual cheat codes basically, because I think it's useful as a self-awareness exercise and it's very useful when and if you have a partner to be able to say, here, here's what you need to know. Study up. Brilliant. Um, One last thing before we go, you have a book coming out this year, (laughs) all this, and you have a book coming up. Tell us about your book. So I am so grateful and so thrilled that I got to work with Mary Jane on a project that they have, and they have a series of three books coming out in the summer, and my book will be about sex and and CBD. So I'm very, very excited about that. I think it's going to be a game changer. I feel very excited and, of course, vulnerable, which I've spoken to other author friends and have heard that's common to feel a little bit intimidated about this thing that you've worked really hard on going out into the world. But I included a lot of, of experts whose work I respect and whose work has really transformed my relationship with pleasure. And there are things in it that I never thought I would get to cover in a book that was going to go kind of mainstream. And I'm really, really grateful that I got to talk about things that matter to me, like having an STI disclosure conversation and pleasure-based anatomy and negotiating a sexual encounter and, and even just supporting a friend who has experienced trauma. Amazing. I'm so glad that exists in the world. I'm so glad you exist in the world, Ashley. Um, you can find Ashley Manta at canasexual on Instagram, canasexual.com to get on the email list elevatedintimacy.com to get all of the learning and elevated intimacy the podcast uh which is on is it on like spotify what platforms is it on it is on spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, um including the iHeartRadio app um i'm working on getting it on the apple podcast store as we speak but as of now it's also on soundcloud so if you google elevated intimacy podcast you should be able to find it Oh, that's so great. Well, I love you so much, Ashley. I'm sure we'll record again. (laughs) Definitely, please. (laughs) Uh, And I will talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you so much, Bevan. I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you. Okay.